Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to the Mystery to Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery to Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, legal dramas, tales of teen sleuths, and more. Once we're done yucking it up about whatever we've just seen, we'll serve up our five-star final takes on whether it's worth your time. If you're offended by silliness, profanity, political asides, canine-related interruptions, and losers laughing at their own bad jokes, beware. Also note that some of the stories we'll be talking about are pretty dark, and in some cases exceptionally badly written. So content warning for murder, violence, suicide, torture, rape, racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and bigotry. If there's a movie or show you'd like for us to talk about, email us at mysterytomepodcast at gmail.com. Our show's take on genre is pretty loosey-goosey. So as long as your suggestion has some dash of mystery, we're interested in hearing about it. Spoiler alert! We're going to be discussing the entirety of this show or movie, spoilers and all. So if you want to be surprised, press pause, go watch the thing, then join us for the show. Now that you've heard our spiel, go ahead and polish off those magnifying glasses and slip into your favorite trench coat. Let's get mysterious.
So, Anya, what did we watch? We watched Trial and Error, a series that aired from March 14th, 2017 to April 18th, April 18th, 2017. And uh, it was a sort of a mockumentary take on the true crime genre that aired on NBC. Yeah, not too many people watched it at the time. I did. I think you were too busy watching what wrestling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a big wrestle head. Wrestling, uh, drag car racing, stock car racing. Is that is that what you were That's tuned into while I was much... watching this fine program? <laughs> I'm a simple woman of simple tastes, and uh, yeah, that that describes my TV diet pretty well. Yeah, you like the like the macho sports. You, like, you, always, you always enjoy the big boxing matches too. Who who's your best who's your favorite fighter? You're always talking about the thriller in Manila, and I had no idea what you were talking about. My my like ancestor was a boxer. That's why my last name is Biblical Cain, because he was trying to hide it from his family. Or like he didn't want they didn't want him to be like associated with them, so he switched his name. Yeah, I, I remember you've told me this story, and at one point... He was apparently we, a terrible boxer, by the way. Like, he lost a lot. Yeah, it's not surprising. <laughs> at one point, we looked him up and found out that... It, Somebody with his name. We found out that he, personally, <laughs> definitely him, was arrested, and he was charged with being annoying. <laughs> so, there's a long family history <laughs> of that offense. I didn't even know that was a criminal charge. No wonder you wanted to move out of New York. Jesus Christ. So, do you think your ancestor was written, uh, arrested for just knowing way too much shit about dumb topics like comic books? <laughs> Maybe your ancestor was arrested for trying to insult someone and doing it really ineptly <laughs> and pathetically. Tears you, you springing wanna, to your eyes as do, you do say you wanna, this. Do you want to try that again? No. <laughs> I think my ancestors were arrested for being charming and oh, delightful. go fuck yourself. You your and your ancestors can go fuck themselves. See, now I think we understand why canes get arrested for being annoying. <laughs> God, you're, just, you're just, just starting this whole thing out just... Do you have any other? She, she just pretended to I'm take a punch. I'm shaking my head ruefully. She That's shook, what I'm she, doing. I'm she shaking. Shook her, she, How did I get here? She shook her fist like the boxer, Eddie Kane. <laughs> the failed boxer. Yeah, he didn't do so well. But, you know. So he, what, if you're not a good boxer, why do you even go into it? Well, I mean, maybe you just want to get some aggression out. Like, I'm going to have to do after we're done with this show. Well, you go down to the gym and hit the old bag. Yeah. <laughs> The old medicine ball, you're going to toss it around. Some jug, for some jabs and some hooks. Do all that. So is that is that seriously how you got interested in boxing and these masculine sports? I, I'm not. I, 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 I don't know how I'm supposed to respond because <laughs> I don't watch any of those sports. Well, you watch like the ballet. <sighs> Kevin. Jesus Christ. You're, you're looking like a little trickster over there. Uh, I've been known to watch baseball. On TV? Yeah. When? I've never known you to do that. Not during your administration, yeah. but there were there were previous administrations. Yeah. Well, my administration's banning that one. No, I'm just kidding. If you want to watch baseball, do it to your heart's content. We went to a minor league game once. That was that was fun. I liked that more than I thought I would. So not not to say that much, but it was like nice to get out of the house. <laughs> 
I think you like a lot of things more than you think because you think life is just a joyless sludge. And if anything is even slightly pleasurable, you're just shocked. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much sums up my worldview. So with that in mind, what did you think of uh, the first season? This, this program ran for two seasons. We watched the first season. What did you think of the first season of Trial well, and Error? I'll preface that with saying we actually started this like early in the pandemic and then like just watched one episode and then stopped and then watched it like we finished it this time. And I would say the first time I watched it, I was like, okay, it's fine. Like, you know, it's it's like it's not razzle dazzle funny, but there's some good stuff to it. But the second on the second watch when we actually, you know, got through the first episode and kind of watched the whole season, I found it very charming. I ended up liking the characters and I think you summed it up very well when you said it had a sort of fun parks and rec vibe to it combined with you know, crime. A little bit more silly, I would say, but still in that vein. And I really enjoyed it. What is Parks and Rec for people who don't know? <laughs> uh, it's a mockumentary sort of style series about, you know, the the Parks and Rec department, a, a small fictional town of Pawnee, Indiana. And it's about all the kind of quirky characters and they all, you know, it's a wacky town with some strange and upsetting traditions and, you know, they're all just sort of navigating it. But it's kind of ultimately about a, like a group of people who are very silly, but they like each other and they're likable. And sort of once it's hit its stride in the second season, it really became a very fun show. So it was a program about life in Indiana, which you watched before you even dreamed of setting foot in yeah, the state like, of Yeah, like, I'll India. never go there. Ha! And then, ugh. <laughs> no, just kidding. Pretty, pretty close to what you how you described your reaction. Well, you know, I I definitely, you know, it's funny with, <laughs> yeah, everyone's, I've always wondered if they were basing Pawnee on something specific in Indiana. But I, I don't know. Now that I live here, I guess we're going to have to search for the, the Pawnee inspiration. But it's, you know, it's it's just a fun show. It's 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 silly, but likable. And I felt this, this show ultimately was silly, but likable. You know, and I, I ended up enjoying it. More than I thought I would. Continuing trend. Yeah, you often say, I enjoy this more than I... What do you expect out of... When you get up in the morning, what do you expect? I expect to be anxious and not have a good time and just a mess. And that's because you live with me. Yeah. No. You got you to gotta set your expectations low and then, you know, then, and then you'd be happy when, you know, things don't turn completely to shit. And if things do turn completely to shit, you won't be surprised. They won't catch you unawares. So you live in a constant state of cat-like readiness for disasters, which may never come. Yeah, I have generalized anxiety disorder. Diagnosed, baby. <laughs> That's what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> so just kind of a sad, stressful life. Yes. You're a lucky woman. It's a wonderful life. <laughs> so how did you first, you know, you mentioned that nobody watched this. That's why it only lasted two seasons. Why, how did you get into it? I'm a man of uh, discerning taste and judgment. I, 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 I. That's not an answer. It's, it's an answer. It's not true. <laughs> I'm not watching a wrestling like you. Oh my God. With the fucking wrestling. 
I follow the news. I, I saw that uh, a program was being uh, prepared by some comedy writers who had some good pedigrees. The subject matter seemed interesting. I said, I'll give this program a shot. Okay. So wh- what... How did it end up? How did you end up thinking about it? Like, I mean, like, did did it live up to your? I mean, I guess if I have really low expectations, maybe you have very lofty expectations for everything. So, did it live up to that? I, I enjoyed. It. I thought it was clever, witty, well performed, well written. Yeah. Uh, it was a program I didn't expect to come back for a second season. It did come back for a second season. We're watching that second season now. We are. So, give me another chance to talk about wrestling. Oh my god! Delve into the shadows of the mind. With Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I like I like that the episodes, I mean, this is going to sound dumb, but like it's like the, the length is perfect. It's just a kind of a quick, quick episodes, quick 20 minutes. You can kind of knock out one or two here and there. It doesn't feel like a whole commitment. It's just kind of fun, light stuff. And if like one joke doesn't land... Then there's like it's like very rapid fire. It's like something else funny, something else funny, and like you know, you, you, it ends up being a pleasant experience because it's not, it's very fast paced. So if 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 not every joke lands, it's not a big deal because they're just hitting you, over and over. And it's, it it kind of takes the Parks and Rec thing where you you know establish this really quirky town where it's set, and that's kind of like a lot of ridiculous traditions and silliness and kind of you know tomfoolery ensue i guess uh there's a character in the program named uh Dwayne reed <laughs> which and, is great and i, I apparently it was the name of a, of a drugstore chain i remember when i uh, moved to brooklyn to be with you at some point i said oh there really are Dwayne reed drugstores yeah and he just looked at me and said huh you hick <laughs> yeah Dwayne reed's like the big that's like a huge thing in new york like there's, there's like a sometimes it feels like there's a, a Dwayne Reed on every block essentially, and uh, you know it's basically about this like legal team essentially, uh, a man a professor, played by John Lithgow is accused of murdering his wife much like the uh, the staircase documentary which I've never seen, you know that's like a documentary that everyone who cares about true crime has watched and I. <laughs> 
I just have it. You know, I, 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 I've kind of come off enjoying true crime documentaries for, for a number of reasons that I won't get into. But basically... Oh, tantalizing. Oh, it's so tantalizing. Um, but he's this kind of ridiculous... He loves to uh, roller size on his roller skates. And he's accused of doing it. Everyone in the town thinks he's guilty. So he gets this very young, inexperienced defense attorney to come down from New York and represent him. And the guy assembles, uh, the guy who's named, you know, Josh assembles a legal team. And it's all about their, uh, their, their capers after that. What characters uh, stood out to you other than the, uh, the lead. Uh, well, I, I thought Dwayne Reed was very funny. He's like this. He's a former deputy who was fired because he uh, let his car roll away during a stop and then was shooting at it. It's just it, it, there's a good balance of kind of different characters. Uh, John Lithgow is very funny as this professor who's always saying and doing the absolute wrong thing to make himself look as guilty as possible. Um. I remember one joke I didn't get until I met you was the name of the prosecutor. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carol Ann Keene. Which is? is? The prosecutor, which is, of course, the kind of a, a play on the title of the pseudonym of the various Stratmeyer Syndicate writers who cranked out the Nancy Drew series. Those books are all by Carol Ann Keene, who was not a real person, but was a, was you know basically a company name that they would put on all of them. Nancy Drew history. <laughs> and it works because the prosecutor has red hair, which, of course, is the same as Nancy Drew. So I, they they were having some fun with, with some of this. It's just a very, like, lighthearted show, which I liked. Like, it's nice to kind of be able to just, like, relax and chill. So a, a lighthearted show about a tragic death? Yeah, I mean, they're they're sending up the true crime genre as a whole. You know, there's a... There's a spate of overly sympathetic documentaries about various crimes that tend to really swallow one set of talking points or another and leave out other key pieces of evidence, you know, that kind of get thrown around and people become obsessed with. And then you find out, oh, wait, no, that's probably got some of the wrong ideas from this thing. But it's kind of making fun of that. And since it's not a real crime, it's like, it's amusing. <laughs> And they have all sorts of twists and turns where it seems almost every week there's a different suspect. Yeah, they keep on bringing, and, and like there's a lot of fun callbacks, like they'll set something up and then in later episodes it'll become a whole thing. And I, I just enjoy that. It's like a lot of fun, twisty storytelling at the same time. And you truly, you don't really know where it's going because it's so random. It's, it's, it's not afraid to really just get silly and random. So it's not predictable. For you as an attorney, it's sort of making fun of the the justice system a little bit and kind of <laughs> getting into that. As an oh, officer yeah. of the court, are you appalled? I didn't feel it was making fun of the justice system at all. I don't know what you were talking about. It was making fun of this small town. Okay. I thought uh, the prosecutor was a very professional woman. When she wanted to feed the guilty party to a bear... She's bound by the rules of the community in which she lives. She's upholding the system with honor and character. There you go. So, I don't know. You, you always look for excuses to criticize an attorney. Oh, my God. 
Don't didn't you tell me once that you felt the average attorney is something like a like a prince <laughs> or a princess, if you will, kind of like the royalty that walks among us. Was that you who said that, or was that me? No, that was you. That was you yelling that to everyone in the street <laughs> till I made you stop because <laughs> you were embarrassing yourself. You're so pro attorney. It's just embarrassing. Yeah, it's awful that I have pride in my profession. So full of yourself. <laughs> what, you want me to be, like, just super critical of attorneys? Yes. You always get very excited about anything involving journalists. You always... I never say we're all princes and princesses, because that would be insane. You, you, you say often that you think the best superhero comic book ever is Superman just because Clark Kent is a reporter. No, I just said it. that's because that's why I'm interested in it. That's the only hook for me. Like, alien guy comes to Earth. Okay. Oh, but he works in a newsroom. Well, let's see what's going on with him. So you don't read Superman <laughs> for the exciting stories or for the intricate Superman mythology. You read it because, oh, there might be a couple of panels. I just get amused in. because they obviously have some wrong ideas about how journalism is supposed to work. And it's always funny to see that in pop culture. Okay, What's the wrong idea about journalism in a Superman He story? certainly should not be covering himself. That's completely unethical. And he should know better. He, I mean, right? He always gives scoops to his own people. It's not right. I think he's more ethical than Peter Parker. Oh, yeah. Peter Parker, who is, I'm sure... Everyone knows is the secret identity of Spider-Man. And back in the 60s, he would often, or at least on some occasions, he would fake news photographs yeah. and then sell them to uh, his newspaper. It's a scandal. You know, and also, like, Peter Parker or Clark Kent, they could just cover sports. Then they wouldn't, you know, if you're doing the sports beat, as long as Spider-Man doesn't save the, like, New York Jets or something, I mean, you're good. You don't have to write about yourself. You know, see the whole point of Superman though is that he became a reporter, so he would know what was going on. But you can know what's going on because you're in the newsroom and you're hearing people talking if about the issues. If you're covering the Cubs, what you, what you, you better you, not be hanging out in the newspaper office looking at the, what's coming over the wire about disasters in Asia. You better be down with the Cubs clubhouse, <laughs> hanging out in the locker room, what? talking to the Cubs. Jesus Christ. That's what you do as a Cubs reporter. Okay, but you can go back at you. You claim to be a reporter. You think everybody covers every story just sitting around in the newsroom. Jesus, Jesus Christ. You could you have to go back to the newsroom to like file your fucking copy and you can hear about the big disaster. So, so, what, so did you work on a newspaper in 1930? Jesus Can't you just they have press rooms at the sports stadium. You can file your story there on your little computer. Isn't he working get, back get, in the 30s? Isn't that where this all started? Jesus. God damn it. <laughs> you and your stupid... What? Shaking my fist at you. Yeah, you're always doing your little foxer. Yeah. Box, foxer. You're always doing your little <laughs> wow. boxer poses. Freudian slip. <laughs> What's the Freudian that slip? That you think I'm foxy. Yeah, that's an awful thing to find out that your husband thinks about you. I'm not mad! <laughs> Why are you raising your voice, turning all red? <laughs> that's just my love language. <laughs> I'm a lucky man. Jesus. Trial and error. <sighs> yeah, it was fun. I'm I'm sad it didn't last longer. Why do you think they kind of shit-canned it in terms of marketing? 
I don't know. Any conspiracy theories? I don't know. Where you said you were surprised it even got picked up for season two. I don't remember the ratings being especially high. Right. I mean, if the ratings were high, they picked it up for a second season that was shorter than the first season. I think the first season was like either like 12 or 13 episodes. Season two was maybe 10. That's not exactly a, a huge vote of confidence. No. I, I, I'm curious, though, like, what do you think didn't connect with audiences? Because, you know, true crime gets a lot of attention and... This is sort of like a comedic take on it, obviously, so it's not what you're expecting. But enough people follow the genre, I think, to have been able to possibly pick up or enjoy it. So I, I guess I'm just curious, where do you think the disconnect was here? I don't know. Is this, uh, is this a parody of true crime documentaries? Is this a Parks and Rec-esque affectionate look at the foibles of a quirky small town? I, I mean, what is it exactly? Couldn't it be both? Uh, it also has a bit of the, uh, new heart or if you will, green acres situation <laughs> where someone from, uh, New York comes to a small town where everyone else is to one degree or another insane crazy. And so, uh, I don't know. Does that wear well these days? Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, I mean, Maybe you'd like to have more than one uh, sane character. A show like uh, Parks and Rec, there were characters that were more nuanced than the characters on this program. Yeah, that was much and certainly more nuanced. Ca- and certainly characters that even if they had quirks, they were basically likable and you could understand. Even if Ron Swanson on that show is not particularly a person you'd want to, want to uh, go out to dinner with or share his politics you could understand why he's working in that office he's good at his job and he's a likable person in some way and also i think in this it's like with with pawnee indiana it's a really wacky town there's a lot of very wacky things about it but they kind of i felt they had that more come out in dribs and drabs over time whereas this one the insanity is turned up to 11 constantly you know they're shooting cannonballs through people's windows so the comedy is more broad here, I would say. So maybe that just didn't land as much. But I thought it was I thought it was a cute show. I enjoyed the first season. We're watching season two, even as uh, we speak. Yeah. Even as we're recording, we have season two playing in the background. <laughs> That's how unprofessional we are. <laughs> That's why we sound so distracted. <laughs> That's why uh, we almost never talk about plots anymore. It's because we, we barely pay attention. We just get a, Honestly, a sense of it. It would be hard to talk about the first season's plot because it just kind of everything's zooming past you. Essentially, it's just just wacky, 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 and then yeah, you get to the trial, and but then you're done. And then the second season is not a continuation. It's it's a totally new case. Well, I mean, it's a continuation because it's the same characters, same characters, but it's not like you know, it's it's very much a new case right new murder new murderer lots of fun lots of fun is that do we have anything else to say about it any criticisms any 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 uh any reasons to throw the book at it you seemed uh, really delighted when uh one of john lithgow's former guests you seem very delighted when John Lithgow's former co-stars from Third Rock from the Sun showed up in a small role in one episode. I've I've actually watched Third Rock from the Sun and I don't I don't remember that much about it. 
but I don't know what you're talking about. I, when, when the, the, that character, when that actor appeared, oh, you, you, you laughed and you nodded. <laughs> he he appeared in this uh, season as uh, a consultant, giving uh, John Lithgow advice on how to testify. Oh yeah, that was pretty funny. Where he's talking about the hands, put the put the caramel over the apple. <laughs> That was amusing. Yeah, why don't people give us advice like that before we go on television? I don't know. They really should. We could use it. And lighting advice. Because whenever we go on TV, it's like we look like we're underwater. Or being held hostage somewhere. Yeah, or both. Or both. <laughs> it's a bad deal. I'll, even if we're in a professional studio, we somehow <laughs> look like we're in distress. We cheapen everything. Everything turns into a... Proof of life video <laughs> in our hands. That's our trademark. Yeah. We'll make everything look fucking terrible. <laughs> I think that's also the pained anxiety on our faces. It's very charming. It's, it's delightful. <laughs> the look of, I really don't want to be here. That's why people like us, because they feel bad for us. <laughs> yep. <laughs> God. On that note, <laughs> are we done? Why don't you uh, bring us home? <sighs> Let's see. I'd say the trial and error was a trial by fun. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of a pun. Whatever. Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenley, who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com. You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me. That's mystery underscore two underscore me underscore. And at mystery to me podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at mystery to me podcast at gmail.com. We're not teens setting up Hotmail accounts in the early 2000s, so all of those spell out two as T-O. Thanks Thanks so so much much for listening. listening.